This is Amateur Logic, episode 189, for January 19th, 2024. Amateur Logic is brought to you by ICOM. Whether inside the ham shack or on the air in the great outdoors, ICOM has the radio every ham wants. Hi, welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. And we've got a fun show lined up for you tonight. It's the January episode of 2024. So far, how what what do you think about the new year, Tommy? It's cold. I'll it's have the to coldest. Agree. Yeah, it's, we've got a little blast of uh, winter here the last few weekends. Last weekend too, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> email, you're shaking your head there. I guess you've got it too. We've, got, we've definitely got icicles in the swamp. And, and Mike, you're a little warmer than normal up there, aren't you? Yeah, we're we're it, actually. I have to laugh because um, up until now, people I I used to hear people making comments about how cold it was, and I, and I have to remind them that we we're, we're above seasonal norms here, and uh, it's only like been the last day that it's actually gotten down to where we kind of normally sit. Right now, it's about minus sixteen Celsius. And um, it's getting down to the norm. Usually around minus 18, I think, is around the average for this time of year. Um, and then uh, by the end of the month, we'll be hitting like minus 28, 29. What's that American? Uh, cold. <laughs> okay. I'll agree. <laughs> I think they slipped some of their cold weather down here on us. That's where it's 28 degrees outside right now. And that's that's pretty chilly for down here yep well let's see what have we got going on tonight well first up tommy i was going to ask you what you had for us tonight i happen to know though that you're the slacker i this am month. the slacker of the month <laughs> <laughs> no, and i took it serious i haven't done anything and didn't even trim your beard he's the slack commander i, I had it bleached out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, email. What are you going to have tonight? You know, um, they uh, they really we really take our uh, swamps seriously down here, and uh, I know we've talked a little bit in the past about um, some of the uh, poda and uh, joking with Jeff and Amanda about. Uh, Swoda, as we referred to it, swamps on the air and some of our nets in the past. But uh, we're going to take a look at some people who are doing it. Okay, is that legal? It, we're uh, not going to yeah. get banned, are we? <laughs> no, okay. it's legal. Okay. And they're doing it. All right. It's a family show. Yeah, Mike, what have you got tonight? Well, tonight I'm working on a, a top secret project that's been a long time in the making. And. Uh, all I can say right now is, uh, Marty, AD0PO, this segment's for you. Yeah, he's in the chat room, too. I've got a segment tonight that I've been holding back ever since, oh, Phil Day this past summer. So oh. uh, it's something I promised I would do back then. And, I, hey, I, I finally did it just before, before the next field day. Just before winter field day. Yeah. Yep. Well, after about, uh, I think it's been about, two and a half years since we saw an update to the last version of Pi Star, 
And Andy Taylor uh, just released one, uh, version 4.1.7. And uh, you can check out the uh, release notes there. Andy makes no bones about it. He does say that this is nothing exciting. It's mainly bug fixes and some updates for the API keys. And that he's also working on some uh, added features to come later. So going to be interesting to see what they are. Ah, yeah. Cool. It least, will be. At least we know it's still alive. Yeah, it's been a while. We were making made a comment about that, uh, I think, uh, Meals segment recently yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. You know, I just, I was working on my hotspot last night. Yeah. I dropped it. I've got it kind of up on a shelf up <laughs> Oh, there. you were literally working on yeah. it. Yeah. Like putting it back together? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> the last time it failed, it cracked the corner of the display and it just quit. The display quit altogether. So I, I've been like operating it in the dark for the last month Flying or two. Flying blind. But I got some more little modules and I've got me a two color one in there now. So oh. um, I uh, it didn't want to work at first and I was afraid I'd bought the wrong modules. But, um, you know, I had to swap the ground in the. Uh-huh. Because they weren't in the right positions. Anyway, it's working now, so I'm back in five star business, and I can actually tell that I'm doing something. Maybe you can try that out on the net this week. Uh, you know, that's a good point, and there is a net coming up this coming Tuesday night, and that will be January the 23rd. But anyway, uh, Mike, I think you had another Another news item. I tonight. do, and this this one's kind of interesting, and and um, I'm waiting to see whether or not this will really happen. Because um, I've been hearing rumblings about, oh, we're out of IP addresses, and we got to get off uh, IP version four and move to IP version six. Yeah. Uh, immediately, because we've run out of addresses. Well, yeah, for thanks years. to network address translation and and port address translation, we. Uh, we we were kind of able to uh, to make do with you know those limited uh, blocks of uh, IP4 addresses and uh, now Amazon Web Services claiming that they're going to start charging for uh, IP4 addresses. Wow, I don't like that. No, I don't think anybody does. I mean, and once they do it, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon. I know my network gear. I, I would say pretty much any network gear including wi-fi routers made within say the last decade is probably um ip ip uh, v6 ready um but configuring uh them and setting them up is is a lot different than setting up the old ip version 4 so can you have an ip v6 address on your uh, external on your external and still use ip4 internal sure I don't see why yeah, I don't not. See, I don't see why not. Yeah. It should be fine. Um, one of, one of the nice things about IP version 6 is there's so many available addresses because the number is so much bigger um, that basically everybody in the world is going to be able to have their own personal uh, IPv6 address. Yeah. So it won't be an issue like with version 4. Cool. Oh, by the way, I'm... I'm getting fiber. I think I've already told you. Yeah. They're finally running it in the neighborhood here. So in about three months, I'll have fiber, and no one will be able to tell any difference 
because. But you my, will. I don't know that I will. You will when you download some stuff. You will. I've already got a, over a gig. When you're uploading some stuff, you will. Okay. Maybe <laughs> so. I've got uh, fiberless fiber at my place that I'm running. Yeah, you've been running that a while, hadn't you? Yeah, it's been it's been here for about a year. Um, they um, directional drilled across the front of my property and and ran the fiber and just left it coiled up in a coil uh, <laughs> where the uh, the power or where the hydro comes into the uh, to the house and it's been sitting there ever since. I've never had any. Any uh, knocks on my door as far as, hey, do you want to connect it up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess the term, I guess you could say I have dark fiber. Sounds like, (laughs) I I don't know about up there, but down here, that sounds like a government project to me, Mike. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) same same here. So it's probably probably the case up here as well. Your tax dollars at work. Yeah. It's literally wireless. Yep. Wireless fiber. Yeah, forever well, by proximity. Here's a segment I promised you back at Field Day last year. You know, I, I had a set of gamer headsets that I rushed out and bought at the last moment because I didn't have any headsets, and I wanted to go hands-free for Field Day. And I did it. And I promise you I would share the details of how you can do it yourself if you'd like to. Now, I didn't mention it in the segment, but I specifically went to Best Buy and bought, like, probably the only set of headsets they had left that were wired. It seems like everything else is Bluetooth there. That doesn't work with your IC7000. (laughs) So, uh Keep in mind, if you're going to do this yourself, you probably want to use some wired headsets. You know, just about every year, I like to operate on field day when I can. And I take one of my favorite rigs. It's the ICOM IC7000 I've had for several years. I've actually got two of those. And one of them is my chosen field day rig. When I operate that, I've typically been using the hand mic, the HM151 that came with it. And while that's okay, uh, you know, picking up a mic and keying every time and then trying to type on a keyboard, entering my contact information, it's a little bit of a hassle. This past year, I thought, you know, maybe I could make this a little bit simpler. I don't have an amateur headset, just uh, never had one. And a couple of days before field day, I thought, well, I'm going to do something about it this year. I didn't have time to really order a Howl headset or anything in advance. So I just rushed down to Best Buy to see what I could find and possibly hack together. What I came up with is this HyperX Alpha set of headsets. Now, if you're going to try this, let me say first, you're probably better off just buying a set of Howl headsets because they've got all the adapters you need to fit different rigs and a variety of different headsets. These right here, though, were really the only choice I had at that time. They're $79.99 at Best Buy when I bought them. Uh, They came with a microphone attached. It's a uh, noise-counseling mic. It's a condenser mic, though, so it does need some power. They seem to work okay. Uh, I I don't have any to compare it with, so I can't really say for certain. 
Right now, we've been talking on the uh, Heil PR-22 right here. I'm going to switch it over now, and we're going to talk on the headset mic just to see what the difference is. This is a headset mic right here. Uh, I'm not doing any kind of EQ or processing or anything on it. This is just the straight audio from it. It's not going to be as good as this microphone, though. And really, you don't want that for talking on the air. You want something a little more tailored to what you're doing. Now, if you just rack chewing, yeah, a good mellow-sounding microphone is my choice in uh, conditions that are not extremely noisy, where you've got good signals. I like hearing good audio, uh, particularly on HF. However, uh, for contesting, perhaps even field day, you might want something uh, with a little more tailored uh, EQ, particularly to the microphone, so that it cuts through a little bit better. Uh, my experiences with this headset right here, it worked okay. Uh, the only thing I had to compare it with was the hand mic that came with the rig. They sounded similar. The uh, hand mic maybe had just a slight amount more bass in it, but... Uh, the, this set of headsets sounded pretty similar. Now, I'm thinking, yeah, the hand mic's probably not the best in a competitive situation. Uh, and some tailoring on the, um, the microphone EQ would probably help some. Now, you can't just plug these into uh, your rig and they work. It is a condenser microphone, so you got some things you got to take into consideration. I'm going to show you how I adapted this set to be used with my IC7000. It'll probably work with a lot of other rigs, but could be a little different in your particular situation. I'm pretty sure I've shown you this before. I, I know I've shown it on several field day episodes. This is a little voice keyer box I built several years ago. The IC7000 and a number of other rigs have built-in voice keyer. You can record some clips of voice into the rig and then play them back so you don't have to keep repeating yourself over and over in field day or some other event. On the IC7000, you can connect in through the microphone cable and have some remote push buttons where you can play back the different voice keys that you've recorded in there. That's what this is. I also put a jack on the rear where I can plug the microphone into it and then just plug this into the rig and Use the microphone and play back my voice prompts right here. Calling CQ, uh, saying 2 alpha or 3 alpha or 73 or, or whatever I need to say. Now, I did a few other things while I was at it. I added a push-to-talk button on here where I could key the rig from right there. And on the side, I, uh, I've got a push-to-talk right here. You could plug in a foot switch and key rig that way. But I also have an XLR connector where you could plug a dynamic microphone in here, say a boom mic or something, and use that. And this past year, I added another jack where you could plug in a condenser microphone with the idea that I'd be using the headsets to operate with the rig. That way, I've got hands-free operation. I can flip over to Vox. And it's much easier to type and enter in my log data. Uh, overall, it was a, a much better field day experience, I would say. I, I made more contacts than I'm sure I would have otherwise. 
Now, you can't just connect this into the microphone cable. You've got to do a couple of things inside there so that everything works. This particular headset came with a patch cable that's got two different connectors on it. One has some green insulators in there. This is the headphone side so that you could listen. Plug that into the headphone jack on your rig. The other one with the red insulation is the microphone connector. Now, this is a three-conductor connector, as you can see. We've got sleeve, ring, and then the tip. And it's not stereo. It's a mono microphone, but there's a reason that it's got three conductors on it. That is because it's a phantom-powered microphone. This is a condenser mic, so you've got to apply a bias voltage to it. And this is how I connected it. On the left-hand side, the microphone input to the radio comes in. As we go to the right, we see if we go straight, we're through a one microfarad capacitor to the tip. That's how audio gets from the headset into the rig. Now, the reason we've got that one microfarad capacitor there is because the radio is supplying a phantom voltage on the microphone wire, in this case, to power the ICOM microphone, which has a condenser element in it and needs a bias voltage. We want to block that voltage, though, from getting back into the microphone output of our gaming headset here. You'll also notice that 4.7K ohm resistor there. That's running from the microphone input as well because the bias voltage is coming from the rig there. It's dropped a little bit in the 4.7K resistor, and then it goes on to the ring. And the ring on the connector feeds the bias voltage to the headset element. So three conductors there on the right-hand side of the connection. We've got ground. We've got the tip, which is mic audio, and then the ring, which is a bias voltage. We've got the 4.7K ohm resistor for two reasons there. One is to drop the bias voltage down a little bit where we're not heavily loading the voltage coming from the microphone jack of the radio. But the other reason is we don't want that circuit loading down the audio itself since they're both coming from one wire from the radio. I did some experimenting and found that 4.7K ohms was the best balance when it came to volume that minimized the loading that the bias voltage would put on the microphone element and also gave enough voltage to power the microphone. So if you'd like to try your hand at connecting a set of gaming headsets to your rig, there's a good starting point for you right there. I can't guarantee it's going to be the same with your rig and the set of headsets that you picked out, but it, it worked out for me. Um, there again, as I said at the first of this, if you're really serious, you might want to just go out and buy a nice amateur radio headset like the Hiles and the adapters that you need. But if you like to hack around and experiment with things, you can probably make this work. And I did. I, I took my own advice there and probably made it work. You probably did. Yeah. I have a question for the professor. Uh, go ahead. The uh, the one microfarad uh, electrolytic capacitor that you used as the DC blocking mm -hmm. capacitor, um, I'm just wondering, um, I've always used bipolar for that kind mm -hmm. of uh, application. Um, 
Do you think it really matters? Well, if you don't want to take medication, you can use <laughs> bipolar medication. Yeah, just a, a regular uh, polarized <laughs> capacitor. Now, I if, thought you were going to tell me that uh, lithium capacitors were uh, pretty pretty difficult to find. No, um, I would uh, I would have used a non-polarized capacitor if I'd had one, but you can use. Uh, uh, a polarized capacitor. You see the capacitor there on the left-hand side. Uh, that's the uh, positive side of the capacitor. The reason I put it that way is because I know there's a positive voltage coming out of the radio. Right. And so I, I just put it like that. Non-polarized might have been a little better. Or you can take two polarized capacitors and put them back-to-back. Uh, just, you know, hook the uh, positives together on them or either hook the negatives together and and make a non-polarized, but I I don't think it really made any difference in this case. I was thinking that the uh, polar capacitors probably work better in the cold. (laughs) Uh, I had a feeling that (laughs) the cold jokes were just going to run infinitum tonight on this segment. Emil, you did not disappoint so far. Well, we're in hot gold. Yep. I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. Get a message from ICOM. Come right back. This winter, make your gatherings merrier, your message clearer, and your connection stronger with ICOM. Whether inside the ham shack or on the air in the great outdoors, ICOM has a radio every ham wants. The ID5100AD is innovation and mobility taken to the next level. Designed from user input, the ID5100AD offers an intuitive user interface experience with an industry-leading touchscreen display. This radio is one of the most advanced dual-band mobiles on the market today. The ID52A is a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual functions and is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display. The new ID50A gives hours of fun and enjoyment working your favorite bands. Easy D-Star settings, band scope and waterfall display, voice messaging, share picture function, and it uses the same optional accessories as the ID52A, ID51A, and ID31A. Explore the world of microwave with ICOM's new SHF portable, the IC905. This all-mode rig covers 2 meters through 70 centimeters, 1.2 gigahertz, 2.4 gigahertz, 5.6 gigahertz bands, and with the optional CX-10G transverter, 10 gigahertz. Aim higher and enter the world of SHF. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF was designed. The real HF fun starts here. For the mobile and outdoor aficionados, ICOM's IC7100 is road-ready. At home or wherever you roam, Happy New Year from ICOM. For more information about ICOM's amateur radios and to locate a dealer, visit icomamerica.com slash amateur. Thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring thanks, Amateur ICOM. Logic. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, I've got a news article. You I do? I'm hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, I think this, thought this one was pretty cool. This is about our buddy Gordon West, WB6NOA. I saw it on the ARRL site, obviously. 
says the ARRL National Association for Amateur Radio has become the new publisher of the Amateur Radio License Preparation Books and Related Resources authored by Gordon West, WB6NOA. Gordon West's popular books, classes, and audio courses have been a mainstay of amateur radio licensing for over 40 years. Current editions of Gordon West's Popular licensed prep books will be available from ARRL and ARRL publication dealers soon. And there's a lot more info on there, but uh, that's pretty cool. I saw that about Gordo. I had to mention that. Yeah, I was glad to hear that. That should be a, a very good fit there. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first started looking at getting my license, when I was searching for study material, that's the first mm-hmm. thing I saw. He's a, kind of a amateur radio national resource my opinion really oh yeah yeah yep i think he has got a lot of folks licensed over the years oh yeah no doubt yeah and a heck of a nice guy yep email it's your turn next (laughs) I, i see you're wearing a nasa hat but I don't think this, maybe this is a Cajun rocket ship that we're going to see here. I don't know what, set this up for us. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> yeah, this is the hat I got from uh, when me and my dad went to the Huntsville Science Center. That's I remember that uh, oh. trip. That was a nice visit to that little place. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, so my segment, um, you know, we, we take the waterways serious down here because if you can't beat them, join them. They're they're surrounding us. They outnumber us. So uh, all these uh, waterways need uh, to interact with us, and we need to interact with them no matter where we go. So, again, uh, one of the guys is actually in the chat room, I see, and uh, I found found some people in our local club, local hams here, who uh, take full advantage of that. And I I just couldn't help it when I, I, I talked to them at a ham fest, our ham fest, uh, last year, and I, uh, when he was explaining to me what they were doing, the first thing that came to mind is what we were talking to Amanda and Jeff about with the uh, one day doing a swoda swamps on the air to the summits on the air from low to high. <laughs> and anyway, check out what these guys are doing down here, Southeast Louisiana. Hello, George, Tommy, Mike, Amateur Logic TV viewers. Well, I think we've all heard of POTA. And we know the South takes our boating activities serious down this way. But have you ever heard of SWOTA, Swamps on the Air? Well, from swamps to summits, I think we've got it covered with these two guys. Check it out. This is our entrance into the park. Once we cross these lilies, go ahead. We are now in Fairway Park. I'd say we're officially in the park now. Poda, CQ boat, Poda, it's our boat of Poda, park 2361. 
KI5, UPP, calling CQ POTA, CQ POTA, CQ POTA, KI5, UPP, CQ POTA, part 2361. KI5, UPP on part 2361. Also 5-9 into Missouri. Copy the 5-9 into Missouri. This is KI5, UPP. Stand by for the second operator. Whiskey Bravo Zero, Victor, Papa Sierra. This is Kilo India 5, Uniform Tango Sierra. And I got you 5-9 into Park K, 4080. QSL? QSL, and thank you both for activating. Uh, this is a new date for me. So back to you and have fun. WB Zero VPS. 73, thanks for hunting. And stay tuned. We're going to be at another park that hasn't been activated in about uh, an hour or so. <laughs> to be a test we didn't even know if this would work we ended up making 70 contacts you count the double activator that's 140 contacts in whatever time we were out here so the system act actually works and uh we got a surprise coming for our next activation but i'm not gonna let that one out of the bag yet so there's a twist for you on the uh swoda as I call it, swamps on the air from different locations here from uh, Mike and Scott. Looks like they made uh, quite a few contacts. And, of course, with all that salt water as a good ground, uh, bound, it's bound to work. Looks like they had some, some fun as well and uh, really got out with that rig they had set up. comes to mind dog paddling for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I got to start something up here. Like, we don't have swamps, but we have a lot of wetlands, and they're they're generally referred to as marshes. So I figure yeah. I'm going to start a, a moda. There you go. <laughs> if I do it in a boat, yeah. I, I guess I could call it a moda boda or a boda moda. <laughs> Moda, boda, boda. I tell you what, I, I was rolling and laughing. Uh, again, I met Mike in, uh, from our club, but at the ham fest, he was explaining this to me. And I just shook my head. I was like, I have to get some of this video. I have to get it just knowing what we've been talking about. And uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll have to do a summits on the air to the swamps on the air to the marshes on the air. Wow. Good times, and he's Mike is in the chat room uh, tonight. As a matter of fact, so yeah, I, I saw I saw him in there. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty awesome. Is he, is he Aloysius? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. him. Okay, yeah, looked like a fun time, man. I, I mean, Tommy and I both here. We were holding our breath though when he ran across those weeds with that motor. Was, yeah, just power on through it. Yes, yep. and he was the uh, right he was there. the inspiration for my uh, article as well. But we'll talk about that when I'm when I'm up. If I'm not next, okay. Well, I'm up next, and I you know I can't top swamps on the air. <laughs> it's hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah, you know it's just that's not an everyday thing. There, I wasn't expecting it, but I do have this. Copper Thieves Destroy KITX's Radio Tower. 
Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Copper thieves temporarily robbed the community of Hugo, Oklahoma, of their radio voice after having vandalized the local station's broadcast tower in freezing conditions overnight. According to Will Payne, president of Payne Media Group, thieves broke into the station's transmitter site Monday evening, cut several of the tower guy wires, causing the top half of the station's 500-foot broadcast tower to come down. Look at that. Hmm. Idiots, man. Were they yeah. thinking that the guy wires were also copper? No, no. The thieves cut the transmission line off the tower section that toppled and hauled the three-inch copper pieces off the property. A portion of the station's tower, the station's main antenna and transmission lines were damaged beyond repair. Now, this was big boy stuff. It wasn't kids out stealing things which they've had issues with before, Payne said. It was a very dangerous thing to do, and they made off maybe with just over 100 feet of coax. It's unbelievable wow. this happened. Over uh, that little bit. Yeah. So, you know, going to cost them half a million dollars to rebuild this. The guy stole a 100-foot of transmission line, which, three-inch line, that wouldn't be cheap, but they're not going to get much money for it. No, not as not as scrap copper. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too that most of these guys don't realize is you've got to strip it down to the bare copper. And I don't even think it's solid copper. It's probably copper cladded aluminum. No, it's something. it's is it solid? It's solid copper, but I mean it's got a black jacket on the outside. Then uh, you know, copper, and the center you you've got that spiral insulation going through there holding the you know, the center inside the outer. Um, right. So, and you you got to melt that stuff out or get it out somehow. I guess. I don't know. I really, I haven't been stealing any copper and trying to sell it. So. <laughs> I haven't had any lately. No. <laughs> so, I don't know what all the requirements were. I don't know if that was uh, air dielectric. It was, was ladder line when George used to steal feed line for salvage. <laughs> yeah, you know, after you came up with some of that copper clad, you, you said, you know, this is not worth it. I only got a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. It's unbelievable. That, that's, that's crazy, man. More. Somebody caused all that damage and expense, and they didn't get hardly anything for that. A few hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks, maybe. Tops. I'd be surprised yeah. if it was even that, yeah. actually. Um, I was I was thinking, you know, uh, probably twenty, forty bucks, maybe. But no you know, all that all that work, all that time it took them, and all the damage they did, they could have went and probably picked up beer cans on the side of the road and made that much money, or cut some ice grass or whatever. Yeah, you're gonna add this out, but I'm gonna say it would be more profitable to steal a car. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Yeah. Put any ideas in there. Yeah, you might want to edit that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Mike, you want to set your segment up for us here? Well, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, keen eyed uh, amateur logic TV viewers may recognize the basic, basic building blocks of a, of a transceiver. And uh, this is. I'm going to lay out a disclaimer right now because there are so many moving parts here and I didn't feel right about just throwing it all together and, 
and and just showing you me making a contact or hopefully making a contact on a radio. So I, I went into the uh, the detail about how this kit. Um, well, I guess you really calling it a kit is 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 even debatable because it's all pretty much assembled. You're just wiring it up. So to call it a kit, yeah, okay, that's that's kind of stretching things a bit. But anyway, uh, Marty eighty zero PO, this one's for you. BitX40, 40-meter lower sideband SSB transceiver. Well, it's certainly been a long time coming, and for those who haven't heard my comments over the years, Marty80PO and I have had a long-standing gentleman's bet to see who could procrastinate the longest in assembling their BitX40. And for those unfamiliar with the BitX40, it's a 40-meter lower sideband QRP transceiver project brought back to life by Ham in India, Asher Farin, I purchased my kit back in the fall of 2016 and it has sat in my box of unfulfilled dreams ever since. Here's an image of the BitX40 main board. Ignore the little red PCB for now. Mine is serial number 412. How many of these have been produced, I have no idea. But because of its popularity, I'm guessing it's a lot. Shortly after I purchased my BitX40 kit, I had an opportunity to purchase an upgrade kit called the Regino. The Arduino contains an Arduino Nano and a digital synthesizer which replaces the onboard voltage-controlled oscillator. The Arduino also adds a 16-character, two-line liquid crystal display, but more on this to come later. One of the advantages of procrastinating assembly of such a popular kit is since it's been available, there have been a multitude of mods and improvement add-ons for the BitX40. I will be adding a few to my build, an automatic gain control circuit, switching regulator for the Arduino, and a multi-term potentiometer for precise tuning. Here is an image of the BitX40 schematic. Many of you will be familiar with the basic circuit building blocks, which we'll have a look in more detail. This is the circuit diagram of the Arduino, which will eventually replace the BitX40 onboard VCO. The RF front end uses a high-performance three-section bandpass filter for strong image and IF rejection. The three poles of filtering provide for a no-tune bandpass filter that needs no adjustment. This next section is part of the broadband bidirectional amplifier. The Q13 audio preamplifier is a single-stage audio amplifier which drives the classic LM3D6 audio ICU1. The 100 picofarad capacitor across the base and collector of Q13 provides for low frequency response. 12 MHz crystal filter follows a cone topology. All the capacitors rounded are 100 picofarad. Just four crystals are used to keep the ringing down and sideband suppression is 40 dB. The receiver sounds exceptionally clean because of this crystal filter and the low noise oscillators. For the purists, a voltage-controlled oscillator that covers 4.8 MHz to 5 MHz to cover the 7.0 to 7.2 MHz portion of the 40-meter band is supplied, but the Reduino makes the BitX40 drift-free and precise tuning easy. One of the must-have mods for me is an automatic gain control. There are lots of ideas and suggestions for the addition of an AGC to the BitX40, but one offered by Kit Projects won me over. Their kit is actually fully assembled, so you just have to install it.
The PCB is designed so that it only requires cutting one trace and scraping the solder mask off the BIDX40 PCB. The EGC board is then soldered directly onto the BIDX40 PCB. I especially like the solder pads for the addition of an S-meter and an RF gain control by wiring up a potentiometer. A three-position DP3T toggle switch is included. This provides selection of slow, fast, or off AGC. I mentioned earlier that the AGC board has provisions for the addition of an S-meter and an RF gain control. This image illustrates the various connections to the AGC PCB. Note the solder bridge jumper that is required when not using an RF gain pot. The Kit Project's AGC board is based on Don ND6T's AGC circuit design. If you head over to Don's website, he explains it in great detail. I had set out to hack my own BIDX40 enclosure as many others have done, but I found a company also located in India that makes these really nice silk-screened enclosures that I could not resist. Since I'm adding the AGC PCB with its provisions for the addition of an RF gain control, I felt that having the RF gain control on the front panel was more useful than having the mic gain, which in my opinion you rarely have to adjust once a mic has been set up for the transmitter. That being said, I'm relocating the mic gain control to the rear of the enclosure. Also, since this is seldomly used, I will also need to drill a hole for the three-position AGC control switch. This enclosure comes with all the mounting hardware and even has thread inserts in the enclosure for the mounting screws. I was also pleasantly surprised to find the supplied speaker to be made in India. Judging by the size of the speaker magnet, I would suspect that it will provide good quality audio. Here is the enclosure's supplied components. 4 ohm dynamic speaker, knobs, power switch, 3.5 millimeter miniature phone jacks for mic and headphones, potentiometers for mic and received audio, power jack, power plug, miniature fuse holder, SO239 chassis feed line connector, and mounting harder for the BIDX40 PCB, and clips and screws for mounting the speaker to the top enclosure. Other items pictured are the three-position EGC switch and mounting hardware. Speaking of Arduino, this image shows the 16-character two-line LCD, the Arduino PCB with pre-mounted Arduino Nano, wiring with mating connectors for the BIDX40 PCB, mounting hardware, and a clear acrylic lens for the LCD plus hardware. Whew. Well, that's just about everything we need to know for assembly. I'll set out finishing assembly and wiring it up for the next installment. Hopefully when I power up the BIDX40, it doesn't send out smoke signals. 7-3 for now from VE3MIC. Okay, Marty, and notice he, he hasn't completed it yet. You can still <laughs> Yeah, there's him. still time. Yeah. Well, I, ha actually, I, haven't, I haven't lost the bet yet. No. <laughs> Technically. Well, so next, next month? Well, next month, um, I had mentioned to George about this uh, uh, officially according to the schedule on the Slacker next month, but not wanting to risk uh, <laughs> losing the bet, <laughs> I uh, decided that I'm going to um, continue on with the build, and uh, hopefully um, there, there's a lot of stuff in software for that radio, so I'm going to have to see how long this segment actually ends up being. Uh, there may be a third, so cool. We'll have to wait and there's, see. Well, there's still hope, Marty. 
Um, yeah, that Tommy and I were talking about that. You said you bought that in 2016. Hadn't the band plan changed since since you bought the, that kit? The, the band plan has, hasn't changed uh, for for that particular portion of the band that that radio is for. But um, uh, I will say this: sadly, they they no longer make the mid X40. That's what I was thinking. Really? Yeah. They've got yeah, it's, upgraded. it's it's oh. gone way beyond uh, what the Raduino added to the Bidex forty. They now have the micro Bridex, and I think it's in. Uh, I think the latest version is version six. Um, wow. So basically, um, it's got multi band um, color touchscreen, oh, nice. and there may be a little bit more power output too as well. Wow. Well, cool, Mike. I'm glad to see you um, getting getting the old spirit and getting right with the program there. Well, I I have a problem now, George. Oh, there's a, there's a little bit of an empty cavity in my box of unfulfilled dreams, so I'm gonna have to get busy and start ordering some more stuff to fill it. You always got Dayton if you're gonna go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Speaking of Dayton, who's planning on going this year? Hmm, I'm undecided yet. Same. I know. I know. You're Chip K nine yeah. MIT has already got his ticket. I'll be going. Uh, I've committed to streaming the contest university again this year. So, uh, just did it like two three days ago. So I I know I'll be going now. And, I haven't com- I haven't committed, but um, yeah. odds are uh, pretty good. I'll be going down with uh, cousin Jerry V three EXT again this year. Um, so it'll probably happen. I just haven't uh, committed fi- uh, fully yet and uh, made any preparations. Yep my my tip to everyone because I've been to a number of hamventions now and. Best tip I've got for you, and this one I came up with last year. Remember where you park your car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very important. <laughs> On the other hand, if I had remembered where I parked it, I probably would not have seen Jocelyn and Chris because I was walking around trying to find my car and ran into them. So otherwise, I probably wouldn't have seen them. But, Didn't they make a so, movie about that? Dude, um, where's my car? I made one yeah. last year, I think. Yeah, you made the I sequel. Felt like I did, yeah, the sequel. <laughs> the only advice I, I had from my first and only Dayton visit so far is don't spear the people on the bus with your hundred and two inch steel whip. That yes, and they carry, get aggravated. Carry two dollars because you're going to give one away to the bus driver as a tip. <laughs> You always have some money. Yep. I think I almost shish kebobbed uh, Dan um, N N nine LVS or call sign again N nine LVS. Yeah. Um, I was on the. You know how they have the uh, the golf carts that mm-hmm. uh, shuttle people around from the parking areas to the uh, to Hamvention grounds. Um, I was riding on the back of one with uh, cousin Jerry and. Cousin Jerry had already been to the flea market area, and he, I think he was 
I think he bought a couple of six meter Ringos and I was hanging on to one of them and I wasn't paying attention. And then, uh, the cart kind of turned over towards, uh, where Dan was walking and, and I had to pick the antenna up to avoid hitting him. <laughs> well, that's good. He, I'm sure he wouldn't have appreciated being Ringoed. No, if I go, I might consider actually driving this time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I have to look at it and see. I don't know. You ought to go, man. You how many years has it been since you've mm-hmm. been? Just right before the COVID stuff came, and they didn't have it. I went to the last one. How can you live with yourself? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to jinx us, but last year yeah, I, the right. weather was absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. I couldn't and ask for better snow weather every day. <laughs> yeah. It's not one year I was there. We were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the weather weather was good. It was a little hot to be sitting out, you know, and and talking for like an hour like we did. It got a good sun tan. <laughs> lasted me all summer. Uh, I'll have yeah. to uh, see if there's any seats for sale, Tommy, in the cheap old Ram. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I, you know, I'm mighty hungry for a smoked pork chop sandwich. Oh man, yeah. you had to bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they were there last year too. Yep, yep. they were good last year. That was so those good, things, man. That's worth a trip up there just for that. Yep, <laughs> so good. Email, you've got an update for us here. I think. It's a it's a, a post from a guy I know well, and it's inspired by something that was just totally unexpected. You gave advice tonight in your segment, George, yes. and it looks like I took you up on it without even realizing it. It looks like you did. Oh, cool. So, so I upgraded my Go box here for getting ready for winter field day. And uh, speaking of that, before I, before I say... That this is all inspired, also not just by you, George, but by Mike, the guy in our segment, uh, because at our summer field day, he had his rig and set up out there in the field and had all of this nice equipment, and I said, "Okay, I got to do it." So you, you are absolutely on the money, George. How, you know, Bob's got this figured out with the connectors, the adapters, and and making it good. Plus, the audio to me is still second to none. Uh, so he's just got it going on with these. I, I almost I tried to buy this this setup for um in, in while I was in Huntsville, but they didn't have the cables and everything there. So I just waited it out and uh, finally bit the uh, well got off the wallet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not compliant at all. I can say that, but it's it's worth it for me. I think you're gonna have to change your uh, <laughs> moniker there, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, your handle. <laughs> wow. Tag yeah, well, it looks nice, email. Let me ask you now. You you have operated with this setup, I'm sure by now. Do you like using a headset over holding a hand mic? Yeah, um, yes, and I guess for uh, you know I don't know that I would do it with the uh, the Vox combination. I like the switch 
the hand, that little hand uh-huh. switch there is, uh, I know some people do the foot thing, but I, I got the hand uh, trigger switch. Uh, and I think it's going to be really great for HF. I haven't done much HF work with this rig setup yet, but I was on the uh, some of the local repeaters here, and I, and I set it up just to do it. So, what do you what are you thinking there? Because I know your headset. I mean, it sounded good from what I heard. Yours sounded yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I actually talked to you on field day. We made a contact. Um, okay. Yeah, I was not. I didn't know if Vox was going to work or not. You know, I I really don't use Vox. Uh, but I tried it on the 7000, and I just dialed it in there where it seemed about right, and it it worked pretty much flawlessly. I don't think I ever keyed when I didn't want to. Except when, it, when your buddy was talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Need a, you need it on the air sign <laughs> yeah, with that thing yeah. or something. I have one now. I have to hook it up. But, uh, yeah, it it worked Correct. You know, every time I I intended to talk, it keyed and stayed keyed for the entire time and then dropped right out. It was like AI email. It was. uh, I've got a a cheap old man compliant uh, buying tip. Yeah. If you want to hear it. So I've always used a foot switch because I find it convenient because generally I I still keep paper logs um, and it leaves my hands free to, to write with. And you know, make make adjustments on the radio during a queue so so I don't have to worry about hitting a a pick push a talk switch with my hand. So I use a foot switch, but I found and you can find these all over the place on uh, eBay, um, AliExpress. Um, foot switch for a if you look for a foot switch for a tattoo machine. They're really inexpensive. They're about six or seven bucks, I think. And they even come with, they're already pre-wired. They even come with the quarter-inch phone jack on the, or phone plug, I should say, uh, on on the end of the cable. So you don't have to do anything to them. You just plug them in your radio and away you go. Sounds kind Unless of painful. <laughs> I got a it doesn't actually ball. tattoo. Yeah, just about any foot switch will work. It's just a momentary. Yeah, so I've, yeah. I've got some somewhere around I've got, here. I've got one still in the box. I've got it Radio Shack yeah. years and years ago for a tape recorder. I used to use one all the time with uh, when I used to talk on two meters a whole lot. I used it constantly. But I don't know. The Vox worked out okay. So And um, I'm, I'm set up to where I could just plug in a foot switch and use it. But I just... I haven't found it, and I'll probably just stick with the Vox. Now it worked so well this time around. I, I didn't. Know I don't. It would. I don't think I could use a Vox because most of my transmissions would be. Why isn't this thing working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I said that, but uh, I, I really can't say what I didn't intend to say. I, I just leave it right there. <laughs> I guess that's going to do it for tonight. Full show there. So, so far, 24 is looking like an okay year. It's just cold. Yeah. And we know that'll change. Yep. No doubt. Soon. Actually, next week's supposed to be pretty warm. So, any final thoughts, Tommy, before we get out of here? No. Uh, Don't forget about the net Tuesday. Uh, Mike and Marty will be calling the net. 
uh, the usual look at the usual social media places. We'll post word or or Tom will mm-hmm. uh, before the net. So anyway, and uh, I'll be there. Hope to hear some of you guys on there. February the second and the third will be the Capital City Hamfest in Jackson. Are you coming up, Emil? Which day was it again? It's uh, February the second and third. That's right. actually, I think that's doable. That is absolutely doable. Come on up. Oh, don't, also, don't forget Winterfield Day, the twenty seventh. Uh, yeah. Yep. Which is next Saturday if you're watching this live. Yep. Email any final thoughts from down there. Um, let's see. We've got a few thoughts here. Yeah. You got to keep it you got to keep it dark and cheap. To, I think you need to put that <laughs> that mug in your truck and start carrying it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stay warm. That's the other thing, so Yes. Mike. Well, uh, no definite plans, but I'm looking forward to actually doing some wiring up on that Bix, BIDX 40 and, uh, firing it up for the first time. Hopefully I won't let the smoke out. Nah. I'm looking forward to seeing that myself. Yeah, me too. I've heard a lot about the BIDX 40, but that's pretty much it. I've heard about it. Yeah. You uh, know, yeah, uh, they, they've been around for a while, yeah. uh, and uh even even Asher or um he he mentions that um he obviously he makes no bones about it. He he doesn't claim to to have invented it. Um the Bit X forty existed well before he picked it up and, and ran with it, but um it's been around for a long time and uh it's it's kind of one of those kits that Although there's a lot of SMD on there, a lot of the components um, are through hole. Um, and the other thing I like about it is it seems to be organized, as you could see uh, during during my segment, uh, where I I kind of outline outline the sections of the PCB. Um, they're kind of you can kind of it's not so jam packed together that you can't really figure out what circuit belongs to what. Um, so it's a good it's a good learning. Uh, kid i guess you could say yeah my first exposure to that was listening to solder smoke you remember that bill mira uh talking about that yeah that's been well that's back when i first got my ticket yeah you mentioned a moment ago about the logic net coming up there we go it's coming tuesday night yep to all the usual places another thing we want to mention is you know it's the time of year yeah. <laughs> you can see it coming a mile away, can't you? It's the time of year. It's you'll that probably, time of year, all right. You'll probably be wearing a shirt. You know, it's pretty cold out. You can we're tell it's doing, cold when we've got the long sleeves on. We're not doing shirts and skins like in high school now. No, not anymore. <laughs> anyway, where could you find a shirt? Just you can get get a shirt at uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash amateur logic. You can get coffee mugs, keep yourself something nice and warm to drink. There's hoodies if you get even more cold than that. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff on there, so check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mile away, huh? 
<laughs> um, if you want to find out what's going on throughout the month or when the next episode's going to be or maybe what people have been doing, you can or find that doing. out or not doing. You can check us out at one of our social media sites, Facebook dot com slash group slash amateur logic dot tv you can follow us on uh, twitter or x at amateur logic or you can even go to groups dot io slash g slash amateur logic and and get some communications from us yep we're going to, have to come up or, with or you can just google it <laughs> yeah we're going to have to come up with one more social media activity so there's a well it's on we got it we're on instagram short. too actually there's an amateur logic instagram account although but i usually only post on it when i go to a ham fest or something yeah like how that. many years has that been then back before Probably, covid <laughs> maybe there's a ham fest coming up though so i'll post something okay all right cool and you might want to know what we talked about in a particular episode yeah i can't remember well when did Use, I've actually used that a couple times last week myself. Yep. yep. I use it from time to time. That's the amateurlogic.tv slash wiki where you can get all your show notes personally curated by Dean Martin. Amateurlogic.tv forward slash wiki. Yep. I, I know I'll be using it to find those special snake killing hoe episodes in the future. <laughs> yep. You know, I actually used it for that, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I can't remember where, but for some reason I had to find that, Emil. I, I don't remember why. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah. need, I needed to use it, to, uh, I think it was for the last segment, the Christmas show. And I was looking for some footage from an old, earlier version, and I, I didn't know which uh, actual amateur logic segment it was in. And I think I think I may have asked you, and then then you politely reminded me, why don't you check the wiki? Yep. <laughs> and I did, and, and it came up right away. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if it if it if you could find it with the keyword snake or not. Probably not. <laughs> It's most of the stuff is in the and there's the description that you gave me and then links and stuff and sometimes there's a little extra but most of the time it's the, the descriptions from the uh, show. That's a chat GPT would find it mm, yeah, <laughs> as we might. certainly talked about it enough yeah. times. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go on there and ask it to find me a song about it. <laughs> make you a song yeah well there's already one out there oh, just, uh, every t every time i use it i want to true. tell it to go make me a sandwich yeah <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight everyone hope you enjoyed the show join us uh around the middle of february we'll have another one mike will have completed the bit x40 and uh got his dxcc yeah, I'm gonna be uh, QRP. breaking some new ground, uh, covering some covering some new uh, frequencies. So, so next time ought to be kind of interesting too. Seven three. Yeah. Seven three, everybody. <laughs> seven three. Seven three. <laughs> <laughs>